Welcome, everyone, to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter. And we're here in the midst of draft week. I'm going to call this the draft chatter episode. Uh, really, what I'm going to do is we're going to talk all about the draft, all about the Giants 11th pick. I'm going to tell you what I'm hearing around the league for the Giants at 11 and what's going on really above them, because that is going to directly impact them as well. So we'll do a mock top 11. I'll run you through my most likely Giants to be selected at pick 11 list. That will be running also on ESPN.com on, I believe, Wednesday morning it releases. And then we'll go through some scenarios. We'll, we'll, we'll lay stuff out there like, let's say, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, both available at 11. Who do I? Which way do I think the Giants will go? So with that being said, let's get to it. All right. So what's going on right now around the league? Okay, what am I hearing? And this is really kind of what I've been hearing for a while now. The Giants own the 11th pick. There are going to be four, maybe even five quarterbacks taken. I've spoken to people that absolutely think five quarterbacks are going in the top 10 picks. So do the math. Five quarterbacks are going. That means the Giants essentially can get the sixth best player on their board if it went exactly in order for the other, those six players. So they're going to get a really good player, a really good player. And they really don't have to move much. And it doesn't make sense a ton to move much for them if that's the way they feel. Because if they don't have any of the edge rushers that they're absolutely in love with, which is kind of what I'm hearing right now, there's nobody like the. When I, when I have people from around the league and people that I talk to in general talk to me about the Giants, it's not involving a lot of edge rusher guys. The names you hear are, and it starts with the wide receivers from Alabama, talking about Devontae Smith and, and Jalen Waddell. Now, both just dynamite players, just absolute playmakers. So, you know, the, the Giants still can fit playmakers into the mix. Jalen Waddell, some of the words I've heard are explosive. Just a good football player. Uh, and that's That was in a good way. His return ability is off the charts. Remarkably talented. Hard worker. Can play inside and outside. Phenomenal punt returner. 24.4 yards per punt return in 2019. And here's the other thing with Jalen Waddle. Devontae Smith, who we'll get to in a second. Does he even put up those numbers if Jalen Waddle doesn't get injured? It's a fair question. Because Jalen Waddle probably was their number one receiver before he went down. Then when he went down, Devonta Smith came in and blew it up. Now, Devonta Smith also. I mean, he had an amazing year, won the Heisman, a lot of things to like. Again, people think he could play in the slot, outside, do punt returns as well. Great players, what I have listed here. And in regards to his speed, because he never ran the 40s, not supposed to be Tyreek Hill speed, he's, he's plenty fast, is what somebody told me. Pure route runner, I have written down. So... There's a lot to like with these guys. The one question with Devontae Smith is, how many guys weigh 166 pounds? This is what someone asked me rhetorically. So he's an outlier. But when you start with who the Giants like and you talk to people around the league, you start with those two guys. That's what you hear. So that's the, the Bears begs the question. Which of those two guys, if either, are actually available for the Giants to pick 11? We'll get to that in a minute. But then after the wide receivers, you hear Rashawn Slater's name. Penny, Penny Sewell, but I, the idea is that Sewell's not going to get there either. So you hear Rashawn Slater. He's right in that mix. So are the two top two cornerbacks in this draft. That's Patrick Sertan from Alabama, Patrick Sertan II, and J.C. Horn, who, by the way, people love J.C. Horn. There's a lot of people out there, I mean, I was would say love him, 
Uh, love the way he plays. Size, speed, ball skills cannot go wrong. Uh, one guy I talked to didn't really love him. More of a tester, but more of a tester. Called him a little bit grabby. But here's the thing. There's people out there that have J.C. Horn rated above Patrick Sertain. So those are kind of the five guys I would zero in on. The pass rushers a little bit on the outside. You're talking about Quiddy Pay and, and Jalen Phillips. Uh, if the Giants really want to go pass rushers, they could probably justify that to themselves with those two guys. I see Micah Parsons as unlikely, and I have for quite a while. And so that's kind of where we stand on you know the most likely guys and what you're hearing around the league. So it really starts with the two wide receivers, the two cornerbacks, and then Rashawn Slater. So that group of five right there, who actually is available when the Giants pick? That's the question. That'll go a long way in determining which one the Giants select at 11. Now, let's talk for a second real quick about the trade-down scenario or trade-up. A trade-up I find very, very, very unlikely. Uh, I just, there's, we just named two cornerbacks, two wide receivers, and you could throw Sewell with Slater, and you have two offensive linemen. And there doesn't seem to be huge differ- differentiation. So what are you trading up for? It would only be Kyle Pitts, and that's going to be too far. He's The buzz is that he's going four, right? He's going four to Atlanta. So trade down, maybe, if you move back a few spots and you're willing to take pay or Phillips, you'll say 13 with the Chargers, 15 with the Patriots if they come up to get a quarterback, maybe. But that's it. You know, I talked to a bunch of teams, and most of them do not have 20, the people that I talk to at least, don't have 20 first-round picks. The number's coming in at under 20 first-round grades on guys. And remember, some of those are quarterbacks. So let's say you have two quarterbacks, and not everyone grades all these quarterbacks first round. Let's say you have two quarterbacks and 19 players total on your board, two quarterbacks. That's only 17 first-round picks that aren't quarterbacks. So not a huge list. So the Giants don't want to move down too far. You move out of the top 20, then you might not even get a player who's listed as a first rounder on your board. And that goes for most teams. So I don't think a lot of people are dying to move into that 20 range, you know, tw- in, in t- between 20 and 32. Now, the scenario, as it turns out, is if you really want one of these edge rushers, that's probably where most of them go. You're sort of to that 15 to 30 range. The Aziz Ojolari's. Uh, probably even Quiddy Pay when all is said and done. Jalen Phillips, uh, Joe Tryon, uh, Jason Owa. Ronnie Perkins is one who may actually make it to the second round. Uh, he probably would. He's like a, say, a two, a two, three pick, day two kind of pick kind of guy. But yeah, there's going to be a run on edge rushers. Greg Rousseau will probably be in that range, even though I haven't heard great things about him either. Got that length, but that workout wasn't very good. As tape is a lot of effort, so not the greatest edge rusher draft. We knew that. And I know I've been proponent of moving down and getting an edge rusher. I still think that's the move. That would be the move. I don't think that's what the Giants are going to do. To me, that would be the move. Move back. Not far. Like I said, 15-16 would probably be as far as I wanted to go. I guess you could go to 20 range if, you, if, if you're interested in, very interested in Ojolari. But talking to people, he seems to be more of a bottom-of-the-first-round kind of guy. So let's go through the mock top 11, all right? Tell you what I'm hearing on this kind of stuff, and then we'll move from there. Because this, like I said, this is going to dictate 
who the Giants get in this draft. Everyone always says to me, who are they taking? Are they leaning edge rusher? Are they leaning wide receiver? Are they going offensive line? And you got to say, what the first question I say is, well, who's available at 10? Who's there at 10? I mean, sorry, who's who's going in the top 10? Who's there at 11? Like, you can't just say, who are they drafting? Well, who's gone in the first 10 picks? And tell me, then I could give you a reasonable scenario, a reasonable guesstimate, okay? All right, so we know pick one, Trevor Lawrence. Pick two, uh, Zach Wilson. That's pretty much set. People love them both, both rated very high. That seems to be a consensus on that around the league. No doubters, okay? Now, number three pick is where the draft intrigue really starts. I lean toward Mac Jones from what I'm hearing. My gut tells me Trey Lance. But, you know, because take a quarterback, at least with that upside. But and there are, there are people out there who think it's, you know, they're they're waffling back and forth, 55-45, Lance over Jones, Jones over Lance, whatever it is. But that's where the intrigue starts. I think it's going to end up being Mac Jones. And then the Falcons are on the clock at four, and that's kind of when the, the field players, the, the non-quarterbacks start factoring in. So Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida, he's – Rumored to be the, the the Falcons guy. Now the Falcons have a decision, quarterback or Pitts or Chase, Jamar Chase. It seems like Pitts will be the guy if they don't go quarterback. If they go quarterback, the, the draft quickly gets turned on its head. Then the Bengals go. They're rumored to take Jamar Chase. I know some people say Penny Sewell. And you know, when you talk to people, Sewell's not the slam dunk that everybody seems to make him out to be. I think people think very highly of him, but he's not like that much above. I've I've some people told me they had him ranked behind the top tackles from last year. So just to give you an idea that this guy isn't just like this generational offensive line talent. There's some weaknesses to his game that I hear about. So four is Pitts, let's say, to Atlanta. Five is Chase to the Bengals. Jamar Chase, number one receiver on everybody's board, just absolute stud. Julio Jones type prospect. Like, that's how well thought of he is. So he's not getting past the top five. Now the Dolphins. This is why I wrote on Twitter, this is the key pick. They go Waddle here. They go Smith, Devontae Smith. You hear they love both. They want a receiver. It makes sense for them. Now, they would take Chaser Pitts if those guys made it to six. But it doesn't sound like they are. So next in line, from what you hear, is Devontae Smith. So that takes him off the board now for the Giants. Now they sit there. And if their top desire, which I believe it is, is wide receiver, you cross your fingers now between 7 and 11, and you hope that Waddle gets to you. Jalen Waddle, the other Alabama receiver. Now, here's where it gets a little murky. The 7-8 spots. Those are the prime trade spots for the people who want the quarterbacks. You really love Justin Fields? You really love Trey Lance or Mac Jones, whoever doesn't get picked by the 49ers at 3? 7-8 is the spot. You trade up to, which is why the Giants aren't in an ideal spot to trade back. If the quarterbacks are still there and they're at 11, yeah, they would be. But the the prime spot right now is 7-8. So let's say one of those spots goes quarterback. Let's say somebody trades up to 7, takes another quarterback. Trey Lance or Justin Fields goes there, and another quarterback goes to the Broncos at 9. That would be, what, all 5. Then, you know, everything changes. But let's say... For the this exercise, let's say the Broncos trade up to seven with the Lions. Take Justin Fields. 
Or Trey Lance. Let's say Trey Lance. He's been the name that I heard connected to him. Let's say they take Trey Lance at seven. So eight is the Carolina Panthers. They have their choice of offensive tackle. They go Sewell or Slater. Let's say they take Sewell. All right, nine is the Broncos. They go quarterback or Michael Parsons. Ten is the Cowboys. Name I'm hearing most is J.C. Horn. I know a lot of people think Patrick Sertain is going to be the first one drafted. But the name you hear there with the Cowboys is J.C. Horn. So now, here's the Giants at pick 11. Here's who's available. Jalen Waddell, Rashawn Slater. Uh, which cornerback is available? Uh, Patrick Sertain. And then Quiddy Pay and Jalen Phillips, pass rushers too. But in this scenario that unfolds here, I think the Giants would take Jalen Waddle, the top wide, top wide receiver available, playmaker, guy they have rated very highly. That, to me, in this, this scenario, would be their guy. So that's why my mock draft pick, if the, if the draft plays out some way, like I just mentioned, would be that way. Would be, would be, this would, that would be the pick, Jalen Waddle. Now, if the Lions, who are at seven, take Waddle, and I don't know, I, you could switch the cornerbacks at 10 with, with Horn and Sertain, which I don't, I don't think it matters much. Uh, but if Waddle's gone, then I think I'm leaning towards one of the, whichever cornerback is available, Sertain or Horn. Guys are rated very highly around the league by people. Just, I mean, here, let me, let me read some of the things to you that I've heard about these guys. I mean, it just can't go wrong. Stuff like that. Uh, J.C. Horn, I told you, love him. Patrick Sertain, cleanest guy. Pedigree, pedigree, production size has it all. Hard to ignore. Everything you want. Uh, Horn maybe has a little bit more of the upside. Sertain is a little more of a refined product. Probably a better tackler, too, at this point. But both these guys, I'm telling you, very, very highly regarded around the league. And within the Giants organization. So the only question is, when it comes down to it, and I've been waffling back and forth on this, does Dave Gettleman start pushing for the offensive lineman Slater over them? That's the question. And I've been going back and forth. You know, Gettleman, yeah, I think he would. I don't know about everyone else in that room. but if, And Gettleman's running, you know, he's the GM. So you look at it and you say, let's say Rashawn Slater could play tackle, could play guard, right up there in the mix with, you know, as for a top tackle in this draft, probably a, a, a drop behind Sewell. If Sewell's there, I think the Giants would take Sewell. If he's there at 11, I think he would be the pick. But I don't think he's there. He's not there. going to be there at 11. But if by some miracle he is, I think they would make that pick. And then that would be an interesting scenario. How do they How do they make that work? That would be a, a discussion we'll figure. have to figure out. Does he move to guard? Do they play him immediately over Matt Parrott? Does Matt Parrott never get a real opportunity? It would be an interesting scenario if, if Sewell does fall, which I guess there is a chance, but I, I, I really, I doubt it. I'm starting to think there is a little chance if somebody, if the one per team, let's say it's the Panthers, one team that, I, and that had them taking Sewell, right? Let's say they pass on Sewell and take Slater instead. And they like Slater instead, which is something I heard at one point, that they like him more than Sewell. That then all of a sudden Sewell makes it to 11? Or do the, at that point, do the Dallas Cowboys be, say, hey, we, you know, we'll, we'll make it work. We'll find a spot for him on our offensive line. Or maybe move Lyle Collins inside. Or I don't know. I have no idea. I haven't really thought about it much. But maybe they just say, hey, this guy's too good. We got to take him. Again, that would just, we're just talking about flipping names. It would 
most likely leave one of those Alabama wide receivers for the Giants. So that's sort of what I'm hearing. Now, my most likely to be selected list. I just told you, Jalen Waddell's probably the way I see it unfolding, going to come out on as the most likely scenario. So I put him at the top. Now, two, three was what I was just doing. I have Sertain and Slater, and I'm waffling, wishy-washy, going back and forth. I think I'm going to go Sertain in the fact that he's probably got a little bit higher grade from what I'm hearing about these guys or from other people around the league about what the perception of these guys are. That Sertain is probably, and, and even Horn, will probably be graded a little bit higher than Slater as the offensive lineman who's available at that point. Now, I do have, it's funny because I'm looking at my notes next uh, for Slater. And some and one of the guys I talked to said better than Sewell, just enough length, meaning his arms are just long enough to play tackle, thirty three inches. Great player, left tackle, right tackle, guard could play him anywhere. So tackle length not a problem. Good enough athlete that he can go out there and play and do well at tackle. They're talking about pressure, allowed two pressures in twenty nineteen in the Big Ten. Two, that's a zero point six pressure percentage rate and that's while playing left tackle and he shut down chase young so there's a lot to like about him i'm talking myself back into him so that's why i told you back and forth over both alabama receivers are gone and it's down to slater and certain where do the giants go i think on my list i'm gonna go with certain then i say yeah you know what gettleman's gettleman's gonna push that offensive lineman up so i mean we can make them 2a and 2b i think that's probably more likely devonta smith I have it four on my most likely list. You know what? I'm actually going to move him down. Going to move him down. Only because I think it's looking more and more unlikely that he actually gets to the Giants. I'm going to put it at like 35% chance that he even gets to the Giants at this point. Whereas maybe like a week ago before I started hearing all this stuff, I had it at like 50%. So Devonta Smith's going to move down only because I don't see him being available. If he's available... This is like I was talking about. We'll lay out some scenarios. If he's available, so Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle are both available, I think the pick would probably be Devonta Smith. I do. Everything I've heard, I think, I mean, obviously the Giants are high on both of them, but I think it would be Smith. Best player in college football last year. Remember that. By a wide margin. I don't care how big he is. He was the best player in college football last year. Really, really, really good player. Does everything well. Routes, speed explosiveness, smarts, instincts. Love me some Devonta Smith. You know how good you have to be to be 166 pounds and be a top 10 pick in this league? You you have to be insane. I mean, seriously, think about that for a second. 166 pounds. I had toothpick. Okay, so I'm moving Devonta Smith down. I guess I'm moving the edge rushers up a little bit then. Jalen Phillips is the best natural edge rusher by far from everyone I talked to in this draft. Problem with him is the concussions a scary proposition. The Giants would have to really make a leap of faith. But remember, we saw Joe Judge at two pro days, Penn State and Miami. And who was he going to check out in Miami? He was going to check out the pass rushers down in Miami, right? Jalen Phillips and Greg Rousseau. Gregory Rousseau. That's what he's going to Miami for. Was there with Patrick Graham, right? And then he went to Penn State. He wanted to look at Micah Parsons and Jason Owa. He went with Patrick Graham. But with Jalen Phillips, just a baller, legit, uh, most talented, but then you have things like risk, scary, uh, one-year production plus injuries. You know, he has off-the-field stuff. He wanted to get into uh, the music business when he 
had a mini retirement. So there's questions. Here's the thing. This is why it's a risk. I'll probably, you know what, I'm talking myself out of him now that I'm thinking about it. You see Jalen Phillips. He had concussions and injuries, and he, he forced him to, to retire for a minute. Then he transferred to Miami. Let's say he gets paid. You know, he gets drafted, gets paid, gets several million dollars, gets, you know, $5 million in the bank. And all of a sudden, he suffers another concussion and uh, breaks, you know, breaks his collarbone. He's going to have to sit there, and I don't blame him. He's going to have to be like, is it really worth it for me like to go back out there, another concussion, and put myself at risk? I have to come back. My body feels like junk. And he'd say, you know what? I'm done. I'm only 25 years old, but I'm done. I, I can't do this anymore. It's not smart for my long-term future. And I don't blame him. I wouldn't blame him for a second. But that's why he makes it a tough sell. So actually, he's below Quiddy Pay on my list of most likely. I got to flip them. It's just too hard, to, too hard to sell. He might be the better player, but he's the bigger risk. There's just no way around it. He's the bigger risk, Jalen Phillips. That's a tough investment to make. Now, Quiddy Pay, he only had two sacks this year, but his 21% pressure rate was second in the FBS. You know, Juice uh, has a fastball off the edge. I take him, no concerns in terms of person. These are talent evaluators around the league. This is what they, they told me about him. Natural power and leverage, hard worker, fierce competitor. Someone, uh, I think this Mel Kuyper Jr. said he was going to be more of a sack guy in the NFL when, when he was turned loose. Not a 15-sack guy, not a 12-sack More of like a, okay, he thought he would be okay, he could be a 10-sack guy. So that's the thing. There are no Chase Young. There are no 15-sack guys in this draft, which doesn't fit the Giants especially well. And the other problem, and this is what a bunch of people have told me, is that they're, these guys, they're not going to get that. These guys, oh, these rushers won't be available for them in the second. So that's a dilemma there. Maybe that pushes Pay up. Maybe. One guy did a call Pay, Mr. Almost, in that he was always there, always pressuring, but not actually making the play. Now, there's obviously benefits of that pressure, but you also want the big play. You want the loss of downs. You want the loss of yardage on the sacks, strip sacks, forced fumbles. Aziz Azar, uh, Ojolari, guy who the Giants liked, I mean, that's what he was good at. Sacks, tackles for loss, uh, fumble, forced fumbles. But it just seems like he's later down in the first round, uh, maybe even towards the bottom half of the first round, and that's why I don't have him on my most likely list. He's on the just-missed part. And my, Micah Parsons, too. I'm going to put him on the, on the just-miss part, too, I think, when all is said and done. And go with a list of seven. So you heard the seven. Jalen Waddell, Patrick Sertain, Rashawn Slater, Devontae Smith, Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips, J.C. Horn. Something like that. Some, some shape or form. Some order close to that. Make some final tweaks. I'm taping this on Tuesday morning, so probably by the end of today. At the end of today, there'll be some final tweaks to that. and Away we go. The draft will be around the corner. One player I'll actually watch, if the Giants don't get a wide receiver in the first round, Rashad Bateman is definitely a player I would watch and keep my ears out, eyes up, ears and eyes open for. Have heard some rumblings about the Giants liking Rashad Bateman. Now, let's just go through some scenarios here. I'll give you my guesstimates on, you know, if guys are available, ready? Giants had a pick between Waddle and Devontae Smith. I told you my opinion. I think they would go Smith. Uh, Sewell or Slater? I told you I've talked to people around the league. Some actually thought Slater was a better. Still more, 
I believe, think Sewell's the top tackle. I think the Giants will go in that direction, that upside of him. Of like, remember, he's like 19 years old, or last played at 19 years old, he's 20 now, I think. Like, he's super, super young. He has some deficiencies a little bit, plays a little bit high, you know, doesn't, isn't great as a pass protector at this point. But if he grows and develops into what people think he is, then he could be that Hall of Fame type tackle. But it is a bit of a projection, more than some people would like to make right now. But I still think the Giants will go Sewell. Uh, the top cornerbacks, Giants making a choice between Sertain and Horn. Man, that's a coin flip. I don't even know if I really have an answer to that. I'll go Sertain only because Joe Judge and the Nick Saban stamp of approval. But I think, man, teams like both those guys big time. Giants deciding between Rashawn Slater and Jalen Waddle. I told you I think it would go Waddle. Uh, Slater and one of the cornerbacks. Man, that's another flip of a coin. I went back and forth on that. I don't even know where I landed. I'm going, I think I went cornerback. I do. I, something tells me from that the Giants are higher on the cornerbacks slightly than they are on Slater. So I don't know. But then Gettleman would push for that line, offensive lineman. I'm still going cornerback. Definitely not confident in that one, though. Uh, Quiddy Pay or Slater? It's another interesting one. I think in that scenario they would go Slater, though. But that would be a discussion, you know, because I think now we're getting closer to, all right, these guys are probably pretty close on the board. I know Dave Gettleman had talked about this before. We have these guys pretty close grade-wise and on the board. One has a higher grade, but we need this position. If they're that close, you can then go with the 91 grade instead of the, that that maybe pay has instead of the 92 grade that Slater has. And I think the bigger need is probably edge rusher. No, it definitely is edge rusher. But they both are fits. So that's a tough one. That's a tough one. So I think I touched on most of the bigger ones here, uh, you know. I'm not going to go over, like, if Kyle Pitts is there, I think he's probably above all these other guys. Jamar Chase, certainly. You have the, the, the answers you receive about Jamar Chase. People really, really like that guy. So I'm going to wrap this segment up there because I, I, think, I, I think I touched on it all, pretty much. I mean, uh, let's see. What, what else do I have in the notebook? Maybe, maybe a couple other guys a little, a little lower down. Or uh, the Dolphins possibly trading back again. Wouldn't be surprised with that. That's a spot where a team can go. Remember I said the Lions at seven. Uh, the Dolphins trading uh, back a few picks, maybe the nine with the Broncos. Wouldn't be stunned to see something like that. Oh, also something to be in, to keep an eye out for in this draft. Teams view next year's draft as much deeper, better. They'll have a better uh, grasp on the scouting without the restrictions that they had this year. So there's going to be teams in this draft moving back and taking picks into next year, basically rolling a pick from this year into next year because they feel like next year is just a better opportunity for them. So that's something you should keep an eye on as as this draft goes along. Um, Dolphins prefer a playmaker. We kind of know that. Lions possibly moving up to four for Jamar Chase. That's something I heard as well. I'm sure. T- I mean, everybody's trying to move back. That's the thing. Everybody is trying to move back. Uh, you have the Lions that would be willing to move back at four. You have the Dolphins that would be willing to move back at six. You have, I'm sorry, the Do- yeah, Dolphins at six, Lions at seven, Panthers at eight. All these teams willing to move back. Now, 
The problem is none of them are willing to move back very far, but they're all willing to move back a little bit. You want to come up, jump up, grab this guy, grab this quarterback? All those teams in the mix to move, which is why I think it's it's tougher for the Giants to move because all those te- other teams are willing to move 11 less desirable than all those other picks I just named. So that's kind of why I think the Giants are probably locked in to making a pick at the number 11 spot. And with that, let's move on. On to the next one. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right. We'll do a Giants After Dark actually on Wednesday night on social media, either Instagram or Twitter, one or the other. Uh, So make sure if you have a question, you be there. Or if you can't be there, drop it in on on Instagram DM or or Facebook, Twitter. TikTok, whatever. Uh, email, you can email me as well. If if uh, Jordan.ronon at ESPN.com if you have if you have a question that you want to get answered and you, you won't be there on Wednesday night. The night before the draft, the monster giants after dark. Tell your friends, Instagram or Twitter, I haven't decided yet. I, the last couple of times I tried to do these on Twitter, it hasn't worked well. So maybe I'll I'll start on one platform and then move to the other. I think actually, you know what? That's a good idea. We'll do a multi- platform giants after dark i'll go forever no that's not that's not carried away not forever but i'll go i'll go for a long time and i'll give you a quick jordan on the beat this is the part of the podcast where i tell you what it's like to cover the giants work for espn or cover the nfl in general and a lot of people say to me where do you go on draft night what do you do you go to the stadium you go to the draft there's been times i did both you go to the giants facility there's there's a lot of different scenarios now the draft now used to be when it was in New York, it was a little different. So you could just go there. The Giants have a high pick. Uh, you're, you're likely to get that guy to be there. So maybe it's worth it. Now, now the draft is on the road. Is it really worth you traveling? Half the guys aren't there. So the team, the guy you, you team drafts might not even be there. So then what did you go for in the first place? Then the GM and the head coach are back at the facility. Now, usually we're at the facility. But these are COVID times still, so the press conferences are still Zoom. So nowadays, like last year, I'll be sitting home, go on a Zoom with the coach and GM after the picks, but be at home texting 
people around the league constantly watching it on TV and keeping in touch with, you know, everyone that works at ESPN and especially in our NFL nation group and also uh, friends around the league and other draft rooms. So, you know, I've, I've had friends of mine say, Hey, why don't you come over to my house? We're going to watch the draft. I'll have it on three TVs. Uh, my, my buddy Gary offered, you know, has a six setup. You know, the last time I was at his house, Dwight Gooden happened to be there. I was like, huh? Dwight? For the Super Bowl? Huh? Very random. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. But that's a story for another day. But it just doesn't work. Like I, you could bring. He's like, you could bring your computer. It's like, no, I need to work. I need to be concentrating. I have to write things. I have to produce uh, some video content. I believe at some point on the Giants pick. So these are all things that you have to do. And you're out making phone calls. You're you're texting people constantly. It's not conducive to being outside your home or outside your office or, or, or at least sitting in the Giants, uh, you know, at my desk or cubicle, I should say, at the Giants facility. But though we're still not back to the point. This was the point of this whole story. You're still, we're still not back to the point where the access is, is what it was. We're still remote access. Now, it's, it's not bad, but it's not quite the same. You don't get to ask questions the same. You, the follow-up questions are really tough. Uh, everybody double and triple barrels questions on Zoom, which is the w- absolute worst thing to do because then person answering the question takes the easy way out, doesn't answer the question you really want them to answer. That's just another story for another day. I- I'll give you tips on how you should ask questions, but we all do it. We all mess up sometimes. I'm guilty as anybody of double and triple barreling questions on Zoom sometimes because you feel like there's no other alternative, but that's where we're at. I'll be home for the draft. Talk to Joe Judge, Dave Gettleman, I believe, on Zoom after their pick or after the first round, whatever it is. And uh, that's that's the setup. 2021, that's where we're at. And that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, like, subscribe, tell your friends, hey, thank you, everyone out there. This podcast is growing. It's getting bigger. It's getting better. I appreciate all your input. Keep it coming. You know how to reach me. I'm Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com Giants reporter. Have fun on draft night. See you next time.